Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Run of the Mills podcast, episode 180 of the Matthew series, as we are keeping up with the King, reading about uh, Jesus in the book of Matthew, in chapter 17 in particular. And again, one of the things that we uh, talk about here a lot is just because we're taking these portions of the Bible in, well, in portions, uh, and not as a whole, it's really easy to lose the context, and the context matters. And so sometimes when we do this, it's easy to read something and think, well, that's that's kind of a weird thing to say, and I don't see how that fits in, or I don't see how this part, what 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 this is, what's going, I don't see what's going on here. And sometimes it's simply because we've forgotten what came before, or we're not reading enough to see what comes after. And, you know, if you're in church, it's a good little practice to do when the pastor says, you know, in in Ephesians 3, verse 6, it says this. You know, it's a good thing to flip over there and read the context and see what comes before and what comes after. And, uh, and see if he's using it in context, because I'll tell you a little secret. Sometimes pastors use verses out of context. And oftentimes it's not intentional. And sometimes uh, being that it's taken out of context doesn't change the meaning of the verse. I mean, just because something is taken out of context doesn't mean that uh, the uh, the meaning is has been has been altered. Though, of course, it could be, and that's what we want to be careful of: is that we're not twisting the scripture to say something that it doesn't say. Um, as I mentioned before, when you read what uh, when Jesus quotes the Old Testament or when Paul quotes the Old Testament, they don't generally talk about the context of what they're quoting. Um, whether that's because they're assuming that their audience knows the context or because they know the context or because they're inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know, um, you know why God chose to do things the way he chose to do them. Anyway, all that to say that uh, we need to pay attention <laughs> to what we're reading. And so uh, what we're what we're reading about this time is Jesus has come down from what was called the Mount of Transfiguration where he was with Peter, James, and John, and he uh, was there transfigured and and glue and you know became bright, shining like the sun. And uh, Moses and Elijah appeared and spoke with him. And the voice of the Father spoke and said, "This is my my son, hear him." And um, and then we read what happens next. So this is apparently when they come down from the mountain. So Jesus said, or rather. Um, his disciples, as he's coming down, it would seem, ask him about the situation with Elijah. Isn't Elijah coming first, which we talked about last time? And then it talks about, in verse 14, them reaching back down to, apparently, the multitude, the, the crowd of people that uh, seemed to follow Jesus wherever he went. And in verse 14, it says this, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic that's and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. So um, here is this uh, this man who has a son, and this son is often uh, he well he's he has a demon that apparently manifests itself in this epileptic like. Um, Epileptic seizures or fits and throws him into fire, throws him into, you know, into water. And, and, and one of the things we have to be careful with things like this is that 
we don't we don't draw uh, overarching or o overreaching conclusions. There are those people that believe that every illness is demon related because they'll see something like this and they'll say, oh, well, see, epilepsy is the result of demonic possession. And there are other places in the Bible we see this as well. Uh, we see there's a, the story of a, a woman who is uh, who is lame and it talks about you know, them casting out this demon as well. Um, but that's not always the case. You know, and that's the dangerous thing is when we uh, when we build some theological point on that one uh, that one or maybe even just uh, on two occasions. The question is, is that what we see on every occasion? If is that something we see every time illness is brought up? Is there the issue of demonic possession brought up every time? Because if you're going to say that illness is caused by demonic possession, you have to see you it has to be a consistent every time thing because if you're saying every time there's illness it's always caused by a demonic um, situation well you have to read the bible and say look every time that someone's ill there's a, a there's a demonic presence there and i don't think that i, I think that that's a huge stretch i uh, think there's plenty of times where people are ill or sick uh, sickness is mentioned in the bible and there's no mention of that you know, you think about where Paul tells Timothy, you know, drink some wine for your frequent stomach ailments. You know, but he doesn't say, you know, have an exorcist come and cast out demons or, you know, or, you know, have the leaders of the church come and cast out the, you know, cast out the demon of stomach illness. Uh, he doesn't say that. He says, you know, drink some, drink some wine for your frequent stomach ailments. And, you know, there, there's other times where people's illnesses are mentioned. Um, Paul talks about uh, what Onesimus, who says, he says, you know, he was sick unto death. And Paul talks about how grieved he was. But there's no mention of a demonic thing. And so, again, that's one of those things we have to be careful about. And it's one of those things, again, that, that there are those, there are unfortunately those churches that in their pursuit of, of spiritual things, which is not bad to, be pursuing spiritual things and and desiring spiritual gifts because the Bible does tell us that we ought to desire spiritual gifts. But the the problem is when we we again we we overreach um, or we overextend what the Scripture says. We need to make sure that what we what we are doing and what we are saying, what we are teaching, is consistent with the um, the totality of Scripture. And often what happens is people start embracing teachers rather than what is being taught, right? So rather than saying, oh, I'm embracing God's word, they're embracing the teaching of such and such a teacher, and they're accepting what that teacher says without question and without examination. And that is a dangerous thing. And it's also not following what the Bible says, because we are told in the Bible and uh, in Thessalonians, we're told you know, to test all things. Hold on to what is good. Avoid even the appearance of evil. And we're supposed to test things. And we talk about testing things. And I know I've mentioned this here before, but I think it's, it bears repeating. That we talk about testing things. There needs to be a standard by which you test them. You know, when your teacher tests you when you're a kid at school, there is a, uh, oftentimes, the teacher's guide. I remember as a kid, um, that was a big thing if you could, you know, if you if you could take a peek into the teacher's guide. I went, I one time had a friend who uh, we had like a bonus question in math and my friend uh, had gotten his, uh, a watch for his birthday and he was so confident 
that he had the right answer that he bet his watch against to you know against another kid that he had the right answer for the bonus question and the other kid was like nope it's wrong i have the right answer well they didn't have the same answer so they were arguing back and forth and the kid says well i bet you my watch and the kid said sure i'll take that bet and the kid who bet his watch was wrong the other kid had looked at the teacher's guide you see he knew his answer was right the teacher had the teacher's guide open on the table the day before and he had looked inside and saw what the correct answer to the bonus was so there was no risk for him in making the bet because he'd looked in the teacher's guide he had seen what the standard was he had looked in and recognized that hey here's the standard by which we're testing things and so when i'm holding up my answer i know whether or not it's true or not and so that again is one of these challenges for us as believers is to test what we hear test the things we're told test our traditions you know uh, i've mentioned this again i mentioned this this last week i think that that one of the things i heard people say so many times in church in so many conversations with other christians what i'll hear people say is well i've always been taught this or i've always been taught that or our church tradition says this or our church tradition is teaches that and and all those things might be true and they might not be the question is what are you putting your faith in are you putting your faith in what you've always been taught or are you putting your faith in the word of god and if those things are inconsistent if what you've always been taught is inconsistent with what god's word says well then you have to cling to the standard of truth and not to what you've always been taught now sometimes we uh when we go to test things by the word of god we don't have enough skill or enough understanding of the word of God that we can uh, sometimes be mistaken because again, um, somebody might be in a spot where they were told, you know, illnesses are not demonic. And they open up the Bible and they read what we're just reading that here's this boy who's suffering um, severely, you know, and has these, you know, epileptic fits, throws himself in the fire and water. And we'll see later that Jesus rebukes a demon. And so they might test to go, well, what I've been told was not true, because here I see that Jesus rebukes a demon and it comes out of this boy. So sicknesses are demonic. And so again, when we test them, we have to test them by the totality of scripture. And that's one of those reasons why we want to continually be, be in God's word. We want to continually be studying it, um, meditating on it, uh, meditating on it, not in an Eastern mysticism sense of emptying your mind, but filling your mind quite the opposite filling your mind with god's word thinking about it considering it looking at these these topics um things like demonic possession and looking and saying hey what does the bible say about this as a whole i'm going to look that up studying it memorizing it, you know continually doing so so that you might put to test the things that you're told put to test the things that your pastor is preaching put to test the stuff that the podcast guy is podcasting and put to test your traditions and your previously held beliefs. Put them to test by the totality of the Word of God. God bless you. We'll finish the story next time. Maybe.